and welcome to Didian Hawthorne and the In-Between, your place for everything reading and language related. I'm your host, Mackenzie Gentz. Now bookmark that book and let's begin. Hello, hello and welcome to the show. Hello and herzlich willkommen zu unserem Podcast. You guys, we made it to 2021. I am so stoked. Uh, This episode is pre-recorded, so I have not made it to the wondrous realm of 2021 (laughs) yet, but you all have, and presuming this is uploaded, I have too. Today we're going to talk about my failed book goal in 2020, close the chapter of 2020 for this podcast, move on, celebrate the past, but also celebrate the future, grave some of the past, and look forward to what's next. Hopping in, 2020 was not a year to be envied at all. Not for me, not for many of you listening. I know there were some amazing things that occurred in 2020, and I want to give those things full credence. I was so privileged and lucky to change my health this year. So privileged and lucky to look at my finances in depth this year and start to take the wheel on those things. Um, I was so lucky to have the opportunity to spend time with my younger brother who's graduating from high school this year. All of these things I wouldn't have done if not for the pandemic. I truly believe this and I think that it's so important to recognize and be grateful for not only the opportunities themselves, right, being privileged enough to be awarded these opportunities, but also to just give them their moment and let them shine a little bit. So thank you 2020 for the good things. And I will say this, if you had a rough 2020, I certainly did. I had two fully funded research research excursions that were rescinded. Um, I had a lot of the year planned in Germany, which was completely canceled uh, and actually canceled for um, several years to come. I had lots of terrible things just go up in flames this year and I did take the time and I grieved for these things. If you are on Patreon with me, you know I had a funeral for them and I cried like a baby. (laughs) I really did. And I think it's so important if you're still feeling the burn from 2020 to give proper time and give proper grief to these things. It's about grieving for the future you wish you had or the future self you wish you could become without these opportunities that 2020 took away. So I will say for me, it's been so important not only to grieve and literally have an event. I invited friends to this funeral. We played a sad Joni Mitchell song. I cried. I don't know who else cried, (laughs) but literally um, having friends over a Zoom or a FaceTime and just grieving together the things that you anticipated that you've lost um, in the people that you've lost. We've certainly lost a couple people uh, in our neck of the woods here as well. So grieving for those things, those experiences, those people, um, those opportunities, and also saying I'm grateful out loud (laughs) for the good things that have happened in 2020. Uh, 
there have been good things that have happened this year. There's been a lot of really great realizations and really great uh, voices coming forward and all of these things. So all of that's to say, if you need to move on from it, maybe try taking a moment and thinking about 2020 on those terms. 2020 in terms of the podcast, we had a really fun, good year, lots of new viewership, welcome new viewers, super grateful for you guys uh, sticking in with these like weird episodes. As you all can tell and you can see and know, we have been experimenting so much for the last half of the year. It's been such a pleasure to get to do that and have a platform that is quote-unquote uncancelable, as maybe the minimalists or Matt Diavella would talk about. We finished Infinite Jest this year. This is a book that I never thought I would finish, and yet here we are. We're way on the other side of it. Um, it was such a fun book to read. I don't know if I'll be reading it again anytime soon, but it was definitely worth the read for me. Not a book I would recommend for everyone, not for the faint of heart certainly, not for those who don't know the way around a dictionary, online or physical. Um, but yeah, it was just what an amazing challenge and experience for us on the show. Thank you guys for uh, avidly commenting, moving me along, pointing out mistakes, pointing out uh, little things that I'm omitting. Um, I loved being able to give you guys a glimpse of what it's like to read Infinite Jest for the first time. We did so many book reviews. We started the year off with Emma by Jane Austen. We ended the year with Bleak House by Charles Dickens, of course. We started our book box unboxing series with our Introverts Retreat book box. There have been so many just amazing, outstanding pieces of work that we've put out. Um, it's been awesome to work with people along the way. I've done most of it alone, but every once in a while, you know, soliciting help from people I need to interview, people I need to ask opinions of, <laughs> music, um, people, things like this. And in 2021, here is the list of things we're going to finish in no particular order. We're going to do a Russian lit series starting with... The Brothers K by Fyodor Dostoevsky. I also want to reread Crime and Punishment. I read it twice, I believe, before. This Russian lit series, I should mention, is not going to be my first run through of any of these books. It's going to be more like a study guide, uh, reading guide type of series, so it's different from Infinite Jest in that regard. There will be a lot of similar elements going through, I think, chapter by chapter. <laughs> we'll see how you guys think about that. Uh, and I really think you guys, honestly, reading The Brothers K chapter by chapter would be so interesting and just doing a chapter every week or so, but up to you. <laughs> you guys can let me know in the comments what you think about that. We are going to make our way through the rest of the Joan Didion book list this year. This is a challenge from 2019 that I miserably failed at, and I have 
I have no regrets at mis miserably failing at it. Uh, I read maybe I was charted to read her entire collective works that year. Um, I read maybe half of them, uh, more than a third, but probably less than half. So we're going to finish uh, them this year. We, um, as per the 2019 series, will not be going through on the podcast every book that I read of hers, but rather her notable works, um, and maybe revisiting some works that we did in 2019. Run River comes to mind. I would love to read that. I would also love to do some comparative episodes, Joan Didion's work to maybe Zelda Fitzgerald's work, for example. Um, the Lost Generation's work in general. There's a lot of interesting comparisons between her fiction and theirs, um, and also her memoir style versus other leading memoirs, memoirists out there. Mary Carr comes to mind. Uh, just sort of doing more with Didion, and this Didion focus has an intention not only to finish the 2019 goal that you guys uh, decided to challenge me with, and again that I failed at and would like to finish <laughs> on a personal standpoint, but it has the intention of moving us forward into a new podcast name. That is right, we are renaming, rebranding the podcast this year. We're going to do it in August, so we've got some time to do a ramp up, um, prep for it. We're going to do some giveaways and merch to lead up to the renaming. The name is something that I think you guys are going to love. I think you can tell from my voice, I am obsessed with it. I'm so excited. I have been working with artists across the board, musicians, uh, visual artists, uh, other interview type people in order to prepare for this rebranding ramp up and I'm so excited. Um, it's been such a rewarding process to contribute to these people's lives in terms of giving back to their art and supporting their art, but also having them contribute so deeply and so meaningfully to our show. As you can tell underneath this episode, there is new music. That's right, we are not using uh, music by Chad Crouch anymore. I'm a huge fan of Chad Crouch's work. I love his work. I've used it for probably a year and a half or thereabouts on the show, and I want to start moving into being able to move the podcast to YouTube and other paid platforms. Therefore, I don't want to even have a question of copyright issues, so I commissioned a, a composer, one of my absolute best friends in this world, Lizzie Desenza, who has written us new music. Their music is so thought-provoking, and I have loved every moment of being a part of their journey as a composer um, and just being a support and a light and a voice in their lives as they have been in mine. Uh, so give some love to Lizzie if you end up liking their music. There's lots more music to come. This will not be the only piece that I've commissioned. Uh, and their information is not only on our website at relevanceofliterature.com, but also in the description box for this episode. I'm not going to reveal any of the artists or anything like that uh, in terms of the visual work that we've done for the show. Needless to say that I'm just as excited about the music as I am uh, the visual art. 
and we will be doing little teasers and hints especially on patreon my patrons are so in the know they're so tight uh, with the show and the goings on behind the scenes um, and the rebranding process in fact our patreon behind the scenes post for this month is about the rebranding process everything that has gone into it uh, that's my Patreon plug, I guess. <laughs> Patreon.com slash relevance of literature to learn more. Um, just logistically, what you guys should know about the rebranding. I'm calling it rebranding, but it's not, I don't like the word rebranding. It's just sort of a rechristening, a renaming. Uh, it's the fourth year of my show, and the reason why we're changing the name is basically because no one can remember it. It's very unsearchable, and no one can remember it. Um, even my mother, she has no idea what the podcast is called, uh, and this is not a harp on my mother. Uh, she's wonderful, and she's so supportive of the show. But it's a complicated name, Didion Hawthorne and the in-between. Uh, one thing that was good about it is it's very unique. So if you search it up, we have the only, you know, branding available for it. Um, but it's time for a change and it's time for something that the show can grow under. And it's time for a name that when people announce it, they don't have questions about the pronunciation. <laughs> and they don't have questions about how to spell it, where to put hyphens, are there commas, is there the Oxford comma involved? Um, none of those things. You know, I usually just tell people, search my name, Mackenzie Gentz, that's fine. <laughs> and it comes up, but I want people to be able to recognize the show by its calling card, its name. Um, and names are so important, so we found a great name. I'm so excited. You guys just, I don't know if you can just <laughs> understand how excited the show is uh, my baby <laughs> in so many ways, and it's just grown so much. So in terms of what's changing, yes, the name is changing. Yes, I know that's a big commitment and a big change, but in terms of the content, you know, we're gonna ramp up with some Don Didion uh, the name has lots to do with Joan Didion, the new one, as well as, I suppose, the old one as well. <laughs> um, and yeah, in terms of content, we know we're still going to do Horrifying Classics, my favorite uh, series, if you can't tell. We're still going to do December Dickens. We might bring back a couple of OG series, like April in Paris, or hashtag True Shelf. Um, who knows? But... In essence, I'm changing the name, but not the heart of the show. The show is going to continue on. It's going to, um, we're still going to go through a lot of new lit. That's what the show is, that's the backbone of the show. That's what the show is built on. Uh, we're still going to go over stuff from linguistics. We're still going to go over uh, stuff about minimalism, stuff about writing, stuff about just checking in like this. So... Again, it's not the backbone, it's not the heart of the show that's changing, it's just the face. Other things that we're focusing on in 2021, we're going to do more interviews. To what extent we will do more interviews is still a question. I'm still organizing that, still figuring it out. Patrons know this for sure. <laughs> We've talked about this on several live streams, how to organize and conduct interviews. It's a skill that I definitely want to work on as a host. I tend to be quite domineering, as you can tell. I can just sit and talk by myself for an hour um, and everything is fine, but you know, 
um, listening more than I speak and understanding how much value you all get from other voices on the podcast is definitely a learning lesson for me. So we are going to do more interviews. Like I said, my loose goal is one a month. That's very ambitious though, considering the time that it takes to conduct, uh, record, uh, get in touch with people, edit especially all of these interviews so I will do my very best to get some great uh, interviews in and great conversations in. I know you all really like conversation podcasts so I will do my best to get more interviews out but also know how much time and energy and love I'm putting into the podcast besides with the weekly episodes in general. They are, again, like sort of a child to me. I think a lot of business owners must feel this way. All right, enough about what's to come. I hope you guys are now ex as excited as I am for this new year of podcasting, um, celebrating our fourth anniversary on the show in August, uh, and being able to take you all on the renaming journey. Uh, that's it's just going to be so exciting and so fulfilling. I'm so grateful again for all of your support through all of this. Um, it's been a tumultuous and wonderful and splendid four years, and I can't wait to uh, podcast with you through 2021. Enough of that, let's get into why I did not read 52 books in 2020. And I'll be honest with you, especially near the middle of the year, let's say July, August, um, I spent a lot of time thinking about what was going wrong in my circumstances and in the world as I think a lot of people did. But in my circumstances, um, it just felt like there were so many things that were falling through and uh, sort of falling into dust and ashes and shambles. And I didn't know immediately how to cope with everything at once. So I just spent a lot of time like theorizing and writing and figuring things out and just sort of getting in my head about all of it, uh, and therefore I spent much less time reading than I traditionally would have in those months. Um, and you know, let's, let's uh, exclude August from this equation. I did read 10 books in August, so I guess August is excluded, but <laughs> especially maybe September, October. Let's go later in the year. Um, there were just a couple months where I just felt like I had to take time and just think in my spare time, of which I had much less than normal as well. Um, so yeah, it was a hard year for me in terms of the workload, how much I was working my jobs, how much I was working at school, um, and all of that led to an off balance with the reading. Um, it's interesting, I think in 2019, I published an episode called 2019 in December of last year. You guys can go back and see <laughs> what it was. I'll link it down below. But I had this episode called 2019 and I'm pretty sure I said in the episode, I don't know if I want to do the 52 books in 2020. I sort of had an intuition that I was getting tired of just 
reading that much for the sheer, you know, pleasure of reading <laughs> 52 books, you know, reading a book a week. The number itself has become so much less important to me than the experience of being able to extend yourself and understand different people's perspectives and to get something and to garner more uh, understanding about the world from the reading. I don't read for escapism. I've said that so many times. I feel like it needs to be on a t-shirt. Um, it's just not how I read. It's not how I see literature. I think that literature is so powerful. Why would I be here if not for the power of literature and the amazing message that a lot of literature can bring um, and the amazing lessons that we can learn from it. And so my reading, I read 45 books in 2020. You know, it was a I don't want to say it was a measly 45, but compared to my <laughs> reading list in the past, it was a measly 45. I'm not saying that to be uh, precocious or to be super arrogant or something like that. That's just my norm is to read like 60, 70 books. So 45 comparatively is two thirds of what I would normally read. Um, but I will say this, that I enjoyed more books this year than I have any other year. Uh, of reading. Maybe I enjoyed books as much as I enjoyed it the first year that I read um, in 2016. January of 2016 is when I started the crazy <laughs> book challenge five years ago. Um, and being on the other side of upwards of 250 books um, is insane. And I will say that I know what I like now. I know what books I get joy from. I know that I sometimes have to take periods and just read YA for like a month and just read like my favorite YA books over and over again. You know, Twilight uh, and especially New Moon now that it's come out, uh, Chasing Red and Always Red by Canadian author Isabel Ronan. Um, I read that series first on Wattpad in 2015, <laughs> so it's been, you know, I, those books are so special to me because I was on the original journey and, you know, seeing them published for me was a sign and an indicator that I could get there too one day and that uh, any literature, whether it's just YA, quote unquote, just YA or romance or, you know, what have you, can get on the presses and can be valuable to people and contributes and can contribute so much to people's lives. Um, so yeah, I know, I think what I've learned in the past five years of doing all this reading, um, understanding and trying to reach out to all these different perspectives is how to be more charitable uh, with people in real life and trying to think why are they saying this thing that may be controversial to me or may be slightly offensive to me? Is it because they are actually trying to egg me on or actually trying to get into a discussion or an argument or whatever? Um, or is it because their perspective is such that this is normal to them or that this is um, an assumption they make about others? You know, so being charitable to people, always trying to give people the most charitable view uh, in any situation. Um, I've learned so much about 
other religions, death and dying, and different perspectives on that, central themes to life, uh, so much about love, and the different ways in which love can manifest, whether it's romantic love, or um, friendly love, or just love in terms of compassion, love in terms of contribution. Um, I've learned so much about these central themes to humanity. I've learned about, oh gosh, so many different circumstances, whether um, it's, you know, people in the poorhouse in London in the 1800s, a la Charles Dickens, whether it's um, The Jungle by Upton Sinclair, learning about um, early socialism, essentially, in that book, the meat industry, meatpacking industry, um, learning about Books like, uh, and perspectives like From Educated by Tara Westover, one of my favorite books from 2019, um, and just a blowout. I loved it, you know? And so being able to extend yourself beyond your present circumstances and beyond your present boxed-in baggage is so important. And I think that I'm, you know, I'm not all the way there yet. <laughs> There's always room for improvement. There's always room to be kinder, more compassionate, uh, more con contributive, um, more loving, more giving. Um, but I'm a better person because of the amount I've read in the last five years. And having enjoyed so many of the 45 books. I mean, you guys know, I did our uh, best of 2020 episode and there were like 12 books. <laughs> That's, you know, a third or a fourth of the books that I read. I almost never end up enjoying that many books. And a lot of it is because I'm not picky <laughs> about what I read, but I'm getting pickier and um, enjoying them and taking time and saying, you know, I'm reading, um, I'm reading sort of I think people do read sort of with selfish ambitions in mind, um, even if they're trying to just become better people and more passionate people um, and more loving people. I think that that is sort of, <laughs> I don't want to say selfish because selfish has such negative connotations, but yeah, it's a selfish pursuit and it is. it does mean that you spend a lot of time alone uh, with your nose in various books <laughs> and it does mean that you uh, say no to other things, um, which, you know, if you do anything, if you cook a meal at home, if you, um, decide to spend hours on YouTube, you're saying no to other things anyway, um, and so it's just about redirecting that time to reading, but I digress. It's a bit of a selfish pursuit, <laughs> reading is, um, but I think using that time to enjoy yourself and to really rest and truly uh, get in the mode of thinking and analyzing um, and adopting these different perspectives. That all can be so heartwarming and so fun um, and it has been for the last five years. I have no regrets about not reading the last seven books <laughs> that I was slotted to read this year. Um, no regrets at all. Will I try to read 52 books again in 2021. Uh, I think I will, and the reason why is my big goal, not really the number per se, I think I'm just drifting away from the number at this point. I think um, I get so much out of reading in general that I wouldn't stop um, if I didn't have the numerical goal, which was my fear at first, that if I didn't set 
an outrageously large goal that I would not do it. And that's sort of how I operate um, in life is setting this outstandingly, outstandingly uh, outrageous goal and saying, you know what, I just have to do it, <laughs> you know? Um, starting my second podcast, Heute Sprechen wir, um, I recorded an episode every day, <laughs> you know? So just sort of setting outrageous goals in order to use those as guideposts for doing things and sort of getting the momentum to finish things. That's how I operate. Uh, nowadays though, reading is so intrinsic to me and so much a part of my livelihood, so much a part of what I talk to people about, <laughs> what I'm interested in, what I'm excited about. It's uh, so much of my time is invested in reading and literature, not only through this show or through my friends, uh, but just in my personal life um, that I don't think I would give it up. Uh, reading this much if it uh, if I gave up the goal. So uh, will I read 52 books? Um, I have no idea. I'll probably get close. Maybe I'll read 70 or 80 books. Who knows? Um, it'll just depend on how I'm feeling, how the cards fall. Is that is that the saying? How the, how the chips fall? The cards fall? Let me know in the comments. <laughs> All right, I have rambled on long enough. I have shared my deepest, darkest podcasting and reading secrets in this first episode of 2021. I have uh, heralded my excitements for the year, my hopefulness for the year, and I'll end with this. I often get questions about advice for reading or advice for doing creative pursuits like this podcast in general. And my advice is this. It's on two levels, by the way. The first level is pursue what you're interested in if you are able to. I was in, again, a super fortunate position to be able to pursue things like reading a whole bunch and this podcast. Um, but I would also say question your circumstances if you think you're not able to do something. There are things like libraries, there are things like your best friends <laughs> if you want to start reading more. There are things like um, lending programs, uh, Kindle, all of these amazing opportunities. You can even go on Google Books or on the internet a lot of the time if you want to read more. There's lots of amazing literature out there for free literally for free. Find a way to pursue what interests you. And the reason why is the second part of my advice, which is find a limitless pursuit. And this is advice for life if I'm in a position to give that. A limitless pursuit is something like knowledge, like curiosity. Mine is contribution. Limitless pursuits mean, mean that you'll never burn out. They mean that you will pursue them until no end. It means that you'll pursue them recklessly uh, and in a way that you give your whole self to. These are the things in life worth pursuing. If your motivation is limitless, so will your energy to pursue that thing. So again, my two stages of advice here are to number one, follow what you are curious in, what you're interested in. Follow the things that you perk your ears at when someone mentions them in the supermarket. 
follow the things that you have always yearned to do and never given yourself the opportunity to do. Follow the things that you know you can do and have never awarded yourself the time to do. Um, these are the things that you will have passion for and you will rejoice in actually doing them, especially if, like me, um, you waited years and years and years to start doing them, as I did with my reading. Number two, have a limitless motivation, a limitless source of motivation. Curiosity, knowledge, contribution, love, these limitless sources, again, will ensure that you never burn out. And I think that people can pick up on when someone is truly doing something because they love that thing and they will give everything to that thing. Um, rather than someone who's just going at YouTube or a different kind of pursuit for the success or the money. All those things will come, but you have to first do something that you can sit with and do something that at the end of the evening you can go to sleep on and say, I did a great thing today, I did what I was interested in, and my motivation and my passion and my pursuit is never waning. So that is my bit of advice to start off the year in 2021. You guys, thank you so much again. I know it gets annoying sometimes, just the amount of thank yous that I say. I'm so grateful for every listener out there. If you have the time, reach out to me with a comment on relevanceofliterature.com notes under this episode, the show notes for this episode, or you can comment on the blog. You can comment on any number of pages. Just reach out if you would like to. I'm so appreciative of you all, each and every one of you. Thank you so much and have a great start to the year. If you enjoyed the episode and would like to hear more from us, we've done everything from Shakespeare to Dracula. There really is a show and a series for everyone, so I'd recommend checking out our website at relevanceofliterature.com under the ongoing series tab for links to our entire back catalog of episodes, as well as any current goings-on of our show. If you are looking for even more content, we also have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash relevanceofliterature. Thank you so much for your support, and we'll see you next time.